Welcome to Today's Issues, offering a Christian response to the issues of the day. Here's your host, Tim Wildman, President of the American Family Association. Hey, good morning, everybody. Welcome to Today's Issues on the American Family Radio Network. That's the name of this show, Today's Issues, and we thank you for listening to AFR. I'm Tim Wildman with Ed Vitagliano. Good morning, Ed. Good morning, Tim. Fred Jackson. Good morning, and welcome to TWOS Day. Hmm. Oh, twos. It's twos day. It's February 22nd, 2022. Two, 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 zero, two, two. Yes. I like that. It's big day. Chris Woodward. How's that impact your life? Well, I, yeah, Fred stole my joke, so I'll say that uh, February is the longest year of rain in Mississippi ever. <laughs> Duly noted. Uh, it is two, 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 two. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Right. Yeah. yeah. Never happen again. Sounds like the beginning of a doo wop song. Yeah. Uh, huh. From the fifties. Two, 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 doo doo wop. Yeah. Uh, we, this won't happen again for what? Several hundred years, I read. I'm talking it, about this uh, two. It would have to be 21. It, it, it'd have to be 2222, the year 2222. Yeah. Mm-hmm. We'll still be here bringing <laughs> you the news. Well, I hope not. <laughs> I hope <laughs> Jesus has come back. I hope we've been in Amen, heaven a brother. long time. <laughs> Let it be. <laughs> Let it be. All right. Uh, Ed, tell folks how they can join us on an internet uh, that we have now been released from <laughs> yes are released on two yes we uh we were in youtube uh jail i don't know what they call it but anyway we are back we, we are, are back. back folks so if you want to watch us do radio you can go to facebook or youtube and search for today's issues that's the name of this program click through you can watch us do the radio program if you uh, are away from a, a a traditional radio and still want to listen in your home. You can click on to AFR.net, and we stream our radio programming, the audio, live at AFR.net. You can also access podcasts of shows that you might have missed. If you're going to be traveling and are not sure whether you'll be able to listen in your car, you can download the AFR app and listen wherever you have a good high-speed signal. All right. Uh, well, uh, on a more serious note, uh, we do have a very tense situation, Chris, in uh, uh, the Ukraine-Russia situation. Yes. Uh, Russian President Vladimir Putin has ordered uh, Russian troops into separatist regions of uh, areas along the Ukraine-Russia border. The White House uh, this morning has declared that a Russian invasion. World leaders are meeting right now to discuss ways to... Uh, impose sanctions on Russia to try to hit them economically and make life very difficult for them at the moment. And as is always the case when uh, foreign policy matters um, develop, uh, people appear on television to share their opinion on it. I've got some sound here from former House Speaker Newt Gingrich. Uh, He was on Fox and Friends this morning saying Biden is signaling weakness on Russia and uh, Vladimir Putin is not scared. Clip one. But the administration basically on the Obama model uh, is for weakness. 
Uh, they avoid war, frankly, by accepting surrender of their own interests. Uh, and just the very fact that we are taking Americans and diplomats out of Ukraine is an example. I mean, what, what kind of a signal of weakness is it when you say to your ally, uh, we, we don't trust enough that you'll be able to survive to keep our embassy fully staffed? And I think that, uh, in effect, Biden has done for the Ukrainian border what he did for the American border. He's made it wide open. He's doing nothing effective. And I think there's a 50-50 chance Russia's going to go a lot further. Senator Marco Rubio made similar comments uh, today on Fox and Friends. He said, you know, Ukraine is just the first step. First step of what? Of, of a greater uh, Russian movement throughout <clears throat> Eastern Europe. Ed? Well, I, I'm not a foreign policy expert. I'm not sure, you know, to a certain, certain extent, you're going to get political back and forth on an issue like this. It is clear, I think, to almost everyone who's fair-minded that President Biden botched our withdrawal from Afghanistan. I think everybody understands that. It cost lives. It cost billions of dollars of equipment. It uh, helped to destroy, you know, uh, or at least undermine people's faith in the United States and the United States military, um, not because of the military's fault, because of the Biden administration's fault. This here with Russia and Ukraine, though, I'm not really sure what Biden could have done. Now, I'm not going to argue with the former Speaker of the House either, Newt Gingrich. He knows a lot more about foreign policy than I do. But it seems clear that Russia was going to do what Russia wanted to do, Perhaps he was emboldened because of President Biden's clear foreign policy weakness, which doesn't bode well for Taiwan and other places mm -hmm. uh, around the world. It is clear that a lot of our enemies think we're weak and that Joe Biden is weak. I'm not sure that Joe Biden could have done anything to stop Russia from doing this, however. Uh, okay, so if I understand this, Fred, correctly, Russia has sent troops across the Ukrainian border into the Russian friendly areas of Eastern Ukraine. So that's still an invasion. Yep. And that's why the white house used that term this morning. They use the term invasion, uh, but they're not going to get any resistance from those rebels. What was scary to me was <clears throat> the language and the attitude of Putin's address to his nation uh, yesterday. And basically, did has, you watch that? Or uh, I, I, I well, saw I some of the clips. Saw some of the clips. He has some people have said rewrote some history there. He condemned former former Russian leaders for being so soft and not going into what he referred to Ukraine. He believes Ukraine has always been a satellite of Russia. Anyway, honestly, I think Putin is going to go as far as he wants. Uh, you know, we'll have to wait and see but I think he'll go as far as he wants. Some say that he will go further into eastern Ukraine, but not as far as the capital. He will not go that far. Uh, but I, I think Putin is in control right now. I think I don't think the sanctions, even, you know, the, the Germans were saying this morning, okay, they're canceling the Nordstrom uh, Stream, uh, the Nord Stream 2 pipeline deal with Russia. I think I think Putin has already put that in the calculation. He'll find other buyers. Mm -hmm. uh, I think Putin is in the driver's seat right now. Yeah, I mean, who's going to stop? Who's going to stop him? Yeah, I mean, uh, Ukraine is not a country that's a part of NATO. I don't think the rest of Europe wants to get in a war with Russia. 
So sanctions is it. I mean, in terms of repercussions, I, I think, and I think Putin has analyzed this from a cost benefit and, and a cost benefit analysis. He has understood that sanctions are what he's facing, and he is, has calculated that he'd prefer to go wherever he – I agree with you, Fred. He's going to go wherever he wants to go and do whatever he wants to do, and he's already calculated what it'll cost and what he'll gain. All right. What will he gain? Well, I, you know, when, when they took Crimea, they, they were wanting – They being the Russians. The Russians – they were wanting back their access to the Black Sea. That was always really important for the Soviet Union when it was, you know, the Soviet Union versus the United States because the Black Sea was always the way that the Soviet fleet could get access to the Mediterranean and then to uh, other parts of the Atlantic. So they took Crimea. I think Sebastopol is was uh, the, the city and the... Uh, naval bases that they wanted. So I think he wants a buffer against NATO in Ukraine and wants, you know, further access to uh, the Black Sea. I, I'm not a mind reader and, you know, certainly don't want to get in Putin's head, but I, I think he wants a buffer against uh, NATO. So that if, if, in his mind, if NATO ever wanted to commence hostilities against Russia, they'd have some warning of that and i think he also believes that uh europe needs him more than he needs europe yeah when it comes to energy russia's energy independent right that's right i mean so that's right oh we used to be yeah, yeah we used to be well that's that's we stand to sort of gain a little bit here in the near term, uh, american producers of natural gas because biden for a few weeks now has already been um signing off on liquefied natural gas going abroad. So that way we can help our European allies have natural gas through the rest of the winter. But that's domestic supplies going abroad that we're not using here. And Biden's not going to allow much more production to go on in the U.S. Yeah, which is going to raise prices further in our country. And it's already gone up. Which is insane, which is insanity yeah. for an administration to do that to his yes. own people. I, mm -hmm. I guess the real question is, does Russia roll into... How's the capital city pronounced correctly? Kiev's. Kiev. It used to be Kiev. I don't. Know. It used to be Kiev, but they. Do, yeah. Somebody do, do they roll in there with tanks and troops and if, bombs if, and shooting things and I mean people die? Is this it, the way it's going it to go? Pretty, it was pretty dire. I was listening to the Fox correspondent from the Pentagon yesterday, and she painted a very grim picture of a full invasion of the Ukraine with thousands of people dying. It was grim. It really was. Yeah. Well, we'll see what happens here. Uh, uh, this is a big test for President uh, Biden's leadership, yeah. such that it is. And also, he's got Vice President Kamala Harris. Is she back in the States now? She was over there talking to you guys. And yeah, I think, wowing, I, wowing the world with I, her. I think she went shopping. Oh, man. Uh, something like that. You know, one more thing on a, on a more serious note. Yeah. Over the last several years, we've done stories of, uh, of churches from the United States going into Ukraine. The Ukraine has a fairly large evangelical Christian community, and we need to be praying yeah. for them. Right. Uh, we're trying to reach a pastor in the Ukraine. We have uh, one of our reporters attempting, either th through the Southern Baptists or Assemblies of God, trying to reach a pastor there to get their viewpoint at the moment. Uh, yeah. 
because, uh, as I said, there are many churches here in Canada, the United States, uh, that have close connections with the evangelical community in the Ukraine. Ray Pritchard, our good brother who co-hosts this show, has a lot of friends over there. He's traveled there, I think he said, three times to Ukraine. So yes, yes. definitely be in prayer about that situation. Well, joining us right now is our good friend, Dr. Frank Turek. He's host of Cross-Examined, heard Saturday mornings at 9 a.m. Central Time and Sunday afternoons at 4 p.m. Central Time right here on American Family Radio. And Frank's been doing some guest hosting for us in the morning. While Brother Dan Celia is uh, in the hospital. Good morning, uh, Frank. Gentlemen, how are you? Hey, we're doing well. Hey, your take on this uh, Russia-Ukraine situation? I think everything you said was spot on. I don't think there's much we can do except sanctions. And, uh, you know, I think, of course, Putin wants to make sure he has more of an access to warm water, too. That's the Black Seas down there. He already took that one... um, that one Crimea, Crimea, I think, that one region back in, I think, 2014. You know, it's interesting that apparently Putin has done this after virtually every Olympics. He did this in, in 2008, 2014, and now 2022. Hmm. Hmm. That's interesting. Mm-hmm. The, uh, it's, it's, it's his Olympics, I guess. <laughs> I guess so. You know, um... I think Biden could solve it, though. All he needs to do is go over there bare-chested on horseback. <laughs> Show Putin down <laughs> with an Biden, ice cream cone. <laughs> yeah, come on. I tell you, this this is a time when you know uh, you need a president who's fully engaged and has the mental faculties and ability to tackle mm-hmm. a situation like this. You didn't say cackle. You said tackle, right? Because we could send Kamala Harris over there, and she could. She's already been him. over there, and she was tackling at him. She uh, she was explaining to the uh, that was bizarre to the press that well this is a, could be a European war, you guys. <laughs> yeah, come uh, on, guys, come on, guys. I, I, you know, it's a, we, we we nobody wants war. People die. It's ugly. It's uh, ruthless. It's it's uh, mm-hmm. uh, you know, war is never sure never something you want to see happen and, and innocent people lose their lives. So we just hope and pray this situation is resolved diplomatically. And we, as much as I don't have confidence in Biden or Harris, we still need to pray for them in this situation because it's, mm-hmm. it has worldwide implications uh, on many levels. All right. Uh, let's talk about the topic you are here to uh, discuss. Uh, once a week we have Frank on and usually we, bring up something having to do with uh, explaining the Bible. And in this case, uh, uh, we're going to talk about morality. And, Frank, a a lot of people say to Christians, this has been going on for a long time, when we talk about morality, they say, don't impose your morals or your religion on me. Uh, That's what they'll say. Answer that one. Well, there are two. There are two responses. The first response to someone who says, "Don't impose your morality on me," would be, "Why not? Would that be immoral?" Because you see, that person is imposing his or her morality on you. When they say you ought not impose morality, they're imposing their morality on you. They're saying you ought not impose ought nots, which is exactly what they're doing to you. So, number one, it's self-defeating. But the second response is this. When somebody says, don't impose your morality on me, I always say, this isn't my morality. 
I didn't make this stuff up. I didn't make up the fact that murder's wrong, that abortion's wrong, that rape is wrong, that theft is wrong, that men were made for women and women were made for men. And the best way to perpetuate and stabilize society, which is the reason the government's involved in marriage to begin with, is to legally recognize the man-woman relationship over every other relationship. I didn't make any of this stuff up. This isn't my morality. This isn't your morality. This just happens to be the morality. The one Thomas Jefferson said was self-evident. The one the Apostle Paul said in Romans chapter 2, the Gentiles are not of the law, have the law written on their hearts. So if you have a problem with the morality, you really don't have a problem with me. You have a problem with the creator upon whose nature this morality is derived. Remember, our founding document put it right. We hold these truths to be self-evident that all men were created and endowed by their government. No, it doesn't say that. All men were created and endowed by their creator with certain unalienable rights. Among these are life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness. If there is no creator, if there is no standard beyond humanity, then there is no objective morality, which means if, if, if you're not reasoning from an objective morality, your only option is power. You're either going to rule by principle or you're going to rule by power. See, that's what Putin's doing right now. He's ruling by power. He doesn't have a principle a moral principle to say he ought to take Ukraine. So he's just ruling by power. And I think that's what goes on here, Tim. I mean, people just now rule by power. If they don't like what you have to say morally, they will just cancel you. They'll eradicate you rather than debate you because there's nothing to debate if there is no standard beyond you, beyond your preference. So, so Frank, why do people make this argument? I mean, you're talking about Romans chapter 2, that, and even in the Declaration of Independence, these things are self-evident. They really, you know, probably have an understanding that this morality is not just a matter of opinion. But why do they make the argument then? Well, because that's the easy way to shut people off. First of all, they haven't thought it through, probably. Uh, they don't realize that when they say, don't impose your morality on me, that they're imposing their morality on you. It's a self-defeating position. They, they are assuming something that they don't have to justify uh, in their worldview. This is why when atheists say they have rights, I say, where do you get rights from? You don't get rights from government. Rights are, just to, rights are supposed to be protected by your government. And that's why our Declaration of Independence says that, that uh, governments are instituted among men to secure rights. Not to give rights, not to take rights away, but to secure the rights that you get from your creator. So I don't think people realize it, Ed. I don't think people realize that they are stealing from God while at the same time saying God doesn't exist. They're stealing a standard from God so while are they, they, at are, the same time saying God doesn't exist. So are they, are they just looking for an excuse to do what they want? I mean, is that what this boils down to? Oh, well, I think so, because when I ask people, hey, if Christianity were true, would you become a Christian? Many people will hesitate or say no, because it's not a matter of the head, it's a matter of the heart. They don't want, they don't want God to exist because they want to be God of their own lives. Talking to Dr. Frank Turek, you can visit his website, crossexamined.org. Uh, nowhere is this more evident, what you're talking about, than when it comes to human sexuality mm -hmm. and that argument uh keep your religion to yourself or don't impose your morals on me or us is uh, it when it when it comes to the lgbtq <clears throat> movement in america we just get by we i mean christians who hold to the biblical standard on this we get hit over the head with this 
constantly. And I think, I think it, that the, just saying that does appeal to a lot of people in America who have adopted the live and let live idea, which is, which is also in itself American, right? Choices. But it's the, yeah, but it's, it's not live and let live. That's the problem. What now? You see, it's not live and let live. That's the problem. If you don't see it their way, they're going to hurt you. See, that's yeah, but the yeah, but they would say uh, I wouldn't hurt you if you keep your nose in your own business and and don't try to judge uh, uh, my behavior based on your biblical standard, which I don't agree with. Yeah, well, what they're doing right there is they're judging you on your behavior based on your standard, and they're saying they have a standard that you need to adhere to. The question isn't whether or not. See, this is this is the the, the fallacy. People say you can't legislate morality. That's all you can legislate. All laws legislate morality. The only question is whose morality. And what I'm saying is I don't want to legislate my morality. I don't want to legislate your morality. I want to legislate the morality. The one we know is self-evident, but a lot of people don't like. They don't like right. the morality. Right. That's you know, the problem. Uh, to what you're discussing there, rights, etc., the United States Supreme Court this morning agreed to take the case. Colorado-based web designer Lori Smith, she's a Christian. Uh, what she's fighting uh, is not to be forced to do uh, wedding websites for homosexuals. But also, she wants to simply post a statement on her website about her beliefs. But uh, that apparently is a court. Uh, Who's coming after her? Well, the, the state of Colorado. Same one that came after Jack Phillips? Yeah. Exactly. Probably. Here's, yeah. here's what's really interesting. In a two-to-one ruling last year against her, the Denver-based 10th U.S. Circuit Court of Appeals denied Smith's attempt to overturn the lower court. The panel said, now listen to this, the panel said Colorado had a compelling interest in protecting the, quote, dignity interests of members of a marginalized groups through its law. <laughs> I was talking to Ed about this before the show. Homosexuals are a marginalized group in this country? They're at the top of the food chain. Yeah, for a marginalized group, they're give, they're being given all the power. The, mm -hmm. the say the free the free speech rights are being taken away from Christians. Mm -hmm. Well, you see, yeah, it, it seems to me that Fred, they're missing the entire point. The point of the court is not to get involved and say, "Well, um, you hurt somebody else's feelings." If you have free speech, feelings are always going to get hurt. But that's basically what that little circuit court is saying or that 10th circuit court is saying, mm -hmm. that if somebody utters something that upsets somebody else, the person who uttered it can't say it. Yeah. Well, that's, that's, not, that's not the First Amendment. That's, that's, that's a violation of the First Amendment. Now, we as Christians, we don't want to offend anybody, but sometimes the truth offends. In fact, the gospel offends. And if we're going to make it that the standard is you can't utter something unless it offends nobody, you're going to be able to say nothing. Hey, Frank, uh, these points that you're making regarding morality, do you have this in a book or something that uh, people could get access to? Oh, yeah, there are to? two books. Two books we've written. One is called Legislating Morality, and uh, that book goes back to 2003, 1998, 2003. It was re, re uh, uh, published, and then a more recent book called Correct, Not Politically Correct, How Same-Sex Marriage Hurts Everyone. That book will get you fired. It got me fired. So Yeah. <laughs> In the hey, name of inclusion, tolerance, what, and diversity, what, what is I it? was not included, not tolerated, and excluded <laughs> for holding a diverse view. Where can people buy those books you just mentioned? 
Go to crossexamine.org, click on store, you'll see it. Crossexamine with a D on the end of it. With a D yeah, on the end of it. Crossexamine.org. Yes, and to listen to Frank's show on Saturday and Sunday right here on AFR, Saturdays at 9 o'clock Central Time and Sunday afternoons at 4 o'clock Central Time right here on American Family Radio. Take care, Frank. Thank you. God bless you guys. See you. All right, we shall return momentarily with more of today's issues. Stay with us. Dear One Million Moms, I've always thought that maybe your organization was making a mountain out of a molehill. But today, I cannot believe what I just saw on my TV. Concerned about the trash flowing into your home through today's media that simply will not censor itself? Make your voice heard. If you see trash in the media, tell us. Use the Submit Trash button at OneMillionMoms.com. That's OneMillionMoms.com. And thanks. You know, most tours of our nation's capital, Washington, D.C., don't include the spiritual heritage of our country, the Christian history of our nation, the people, the places, the events that God used to birth America. Hello, everyone. I'm Tim Wildman, president of American Family Association and American Family Radio. My friend, historian Stephen McDowell of the Providence Foundation, goes with us on these tours and he talks all along the way. He tells you about the people, the places, the events, and he does so from a Christian perspective. So you're invited to join us on one of these spiritual heritage tours in June and September. We also go to Williamsburg, Jamestown, and Yorktown on a separate tour if you want to do that as well. So for all the information, go to spiritualheritagetours.com. Again, simply the website spiritualheritagetours.com. Hello, Americans. I'm Todd Starnes. Stand by for news and commentary next. Uh, my goal as a teacher is, is to impart knowledge and then be able then for them to take it and turn it into wisdom. As we teach, I think, okay, five years down the road, how will the material that I am teaching them really affect their lives and their careers? Hi, Todd Starnes here. Truett offers biblically-centered degree programs. Check out truett.edu slash Starnes. Disturbing images and video from Canada. Heavily armed police attack peaceful protesters cracking down on the Freedom Convoy. Video posted on my website shows police on horseback stampeding through a crowd of protesters, crushing several of the individuals. Prime Minister Justin Trudeau ordered the government to shut down the protest, threatening to close bank accounts of anyone involved in the Freedom Convoy. Many supporters have already received home visits from police because they posted messages on Facebook supporting the truckers. And now comes word of an American version of the convoy set to arrive in Washington on the day President Biden delivers his State of the Union address. Fences have already started going up around the Capitol building. No doubt the police presence will be just as severe as in Canada, meaning that American citizens could soon face the same level of attacks the Canadians have received. Pay attention, America. Be sure to download a copy of my new book, Our Daily Biscuit, Devotions with a Drawl, available at your favorite bookstore or online at toddsterns.com. But he saves the poor from the sword of their mouth and from the hand of the strong. So the helpless has hope and injustice has shut its mouth. American Family Radio. This is today's issues. Email your comments to comments at AFR.net. 
Past broadcasts of today's issues are available for listening and viewing in the archive at AFR.net. Now, back to more of today's issues. Hey, welcome back, everybody, to today's issues on the American Family Radio Network. Tim with Ed and Fred and Chris, and we thank you for listening to AFR. Hey, uh, real quickly, I want to have a show of hands here. I'm just, I know that y'all aren't necessarily representative of the entire American public, but I'm going to do a survey. Okay. Here. In fact, I'm looking at all y'all are. Well, yeah. you, do you see worry on my face? Because uh, I, I have no idea what this question is. Uh, are, are you in favor of American troops and uh, going to fight the Russians in Ukraine? Raise no. your hand. No. 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 We've been, we were in Afghanistan for half my lifetime. Huh? Like, I, I know people that have gone over there and served and died. And So, if, if Putin knows that, and the Europeans aren't going to send. The Danes aren't going in. I don't think, <laughs> huh? Uh, the French aren't going in. So right. he can take it if he wants to. Now there will be repercussions economically and sanctions, and I don't even I don't even know what all those. You know what what effect those would have. I'm sure, like you guys said earlier. I'm sure he's taking that into account, um, and it would look bad on the world stage. To, yeah have a bunch of dead Ukrainians killed by Russian soldiers, but it wouldn't be the first time in, I, world, in world history that's happened. Right. I, I wonder if Trump was still in office, would he have encouraged bringing Ukraine into NATO, which would be calling Putin's, you know, his threat, bring them into NATO, and then NATO would be uh, forced to then protect a NATO country. I, I wonder if Trump would have d- played it that way. I think NATO needs to be disbanded. Yeah, Trump wasn't a fan of NATO. He was most upset that right. the Americans they were weren't paying money. their fair share. Remember a- that? Exactly. Yeah. exactly. America was paying everything, mm-hmm. almost everything, maybe American and Germany or some. Anyway, he was right about that. Mm-hmm. Uh, Trump, President Trump was. But anyway, what? So your question is, what if Trump were what now? If Trump was in office and he ha- would he have encouraged? Uh, Ukraine to join the NATO fold, which would have forced NATO forces to protect Ukraine. So it wouldn't be the United States alone. It would be all of NATO forces doing that. I think Putin would have backed down. Well, I, I again, I'm not a foreign policy expert. I don't know the answer to that question about what Trump, what Trump's views were on Ukraine uh, joining NATO. I'm sure he's he he had addressed it. I will say this, that in his, I think it was in his farewell address, George Washington warned America about getting too involved in European wars. And for most of our history, that's exactly what we did mm-hmm. uh, because Europe was just a battle zone, yes. you know, for, for just centuries as power dynamics shifted. You're describing most of world history. Yeah, <laughs> and and that, so that was to me that was a sober but wise warning on the part of uh, the former president George Washington, and that is how countries got dragged into. I'm trying not to oversimplify it because I I can't do anything but simplify it. That's how broad my knowledge is. But 
World War One, a lot of countries got drawn into that war because of alliances. Mm -hmm. They were forced by the promises they had made to protect this country, protect that country. And so, I, Tim, to your point, I'm not so sure that NATO needs to exist anymore if it means every time somebody wants to cross a border, the rest of the continent goes to war and drags us into it. Yeah, the North American Treaty uh, North Atlantic Treaty, Treaty Organization, Organization, NATO. Yeah. Am I am I correct? That was created uh, to combat the Soviet Union mm -hmm. after World War II. Okay, the Soviet Union is no does no longer exist. Right. Uh, you know, after, and its satellite countries, the, what was called the Warsaw Pact. Yes. So that was a buffer, uh, and, and probably a good idea at the time. You know, but I'm just saying, since the Soviet Union no longer exists, we have Russia and all the satellite countries, which are certainly influenced by Russia, but not necessarily controlled by Russia any longer. I just don't uh, know the need necessarily for NATO, which we, the United States, are a big part of, even though we're in North America. Well, that is the North American, but I mean, you understand, we're not Europe. Uh, we're yeah. not in Europe where we're immediately confronted with uh, troops rolling in. Well, but we do have we do have a fair amount of our troops in, in Europe because of our NATO obligations. Right. Duly noted, See, particularly particularly yeah. in Germany. Yeah, I think we've gotten ourselves so involved in so many other nations' conflicts now that people automatically expect us to be involved the next time something pops around. Uh, and, you know, you hear the, the age-old argument, I'm tired of being the world's police officer. We, we right. don't have things in this country because we're spending so much money to try okay. to be ready for the next big thing. All right, let me ask you fellas uh, one other question, then we, we can move on to other topics. Uh, what is the purpose of having all these troops in Germany if not for a moment like this. Well, that's exactly, that's exactly the point. All our, our, uh, our forward operating bases in Europe were, are, are in existence because the Soviet Union knew. It's called a tripwire. That's why we still have troops in South Korea. So the Soviet Union knew if they were going to invade and head west into Europe, they'd have to go through Germany. They'd have to kill American troops you would start a war with the United States. So, Soviet Union, is that what you want to do? Same thing with North Korea. You want to invade South Korea? You will have to kill American troops. We will automatically go to war with you. So, the question to me is, well, if, if, we, are not, if we are not interested in going to war with Russia now, we're not talking about the Soviet Union, a communist empire, if we're not interested in going to war with Europe, why do we have our troops there to serve as a tripwire? If the if if Europe wants to go to war with Russia over Ukraine, let them do it. They they got some pretty stout militaries over there. Yeah. Also, uh, I think now one argument could be made that the the especially the German uh, U.S. military bases are a staging point for Middle East. activities in the Middle East, for example. They are. Yes. Uh, yes. But uh, so, I, I just think uh, I think we're on an agreement, and I think if you surveyed Democrats and Republicans alike across the country, the idea of getting into a uh, full-blown war with Russia uh, over Ukraine is not something that uh, the American people are in favor of. Now, uh, you know, there 
that there are a lot of people at risk here, innocent people, and Americans have, have been the champions of, innocent, of saving innocent lives mm-hmm. in wars uh, and, and, you know, over, the, over our history. But uh, this, this uh, case in point, with this situation right here, I just don't think the American people are in favor of going to war. One other point of view that I've heard, too, if, he, if, if Putin takes Ukraine, will he stop there? Will he move next to Belarus? He could. Will he, will he keep, you know, he's 69 he years old. I read that yesterday, Putin mm-hmm. is. And he may, I'm just get trying, maybe I'm getting inside his head, but I, I'm just, so I'm just speculating here, but he may want to try to reinstitute the old Soviet Union. Oh, yeah. Union oh, exactly. In his lifetime. In other yes. words, uh, uh, he, you know, he's probably got 10, 15 more years of, mm-hmm. uh, you know, of time to be the leader. And he may that that may want he may want that to be his legacy, yeah. yes, so to speak. Mm-hmm. Uh, so we'll we will see what happens with uh, the. But Biden has been predicting now for weeks that Putin would invade Russia. He's gotten our diplomats out, told Americans to leave, that we couldn't protect them should the Russians invade. Russia has now at least at this hour gone in with their troops uh, over the border into what uh, is being called rebel territory. Rebel by mean rebelling against the Ukrainian government in favor of the Russians. Uh, so we'll see We'll see what happens there. You're listening to the radio program Today's Issues on American Family Radio. Tim, Ed, Fred, and Chris. Chris, next story. Well, from conflicts to the Centers for Disease Control and Prevention, uh, another alphabet uh, agency here in the United States is causing a stink uh, because the CDC is refusing, at this point at least, to uh, publish data it has collected on booster effectiveness for 33 million Americans aged 14 to 18 to 49. I'm sorry. Now it's uh, they say it's you know not ready for prime time yet. They may come out with it at some point in the future, but they're kind of dragging their feet. Even though this is a taxpayer-funded organization that, uh, quite frankly, should be forthcoming with information, especially when it comes to boosters that the Biden administration wants everybody to get. Uh, I've got some sound here from Senator Marco Rubio. He was on Fox and Friends earlier this morning. He said the CDC doesn't want to release the data on booster shots because it goes against their narrative. Clip three. It goes against their public narrative, I think, because it goes against their public guidance for the same reason that Dr. Fauci told people not to wear masks uh, before. Then he said everybody had to wear a mask and then you had to wear two masks and then two masks and a face shield and a space suit because I think they think they can tell us whatever they want. The damage they have done to public health authorities in this country is extraordinary. You know, in the future, we're going to have another pandemic, potentially, far worse than COVID, potentially, and no one's going to believe these guys. Well, I love Marco Rubio, senator from Florida, but I don't receive that right there <laughs> at all. I mean, I'm going charismatic on it. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? You don't I'll, receive another pandemic. No, I don't. Huh? <laughs> uh, I just hold up cross shields right now with my hands you know get away uh you know what we're talking about here is the center for disease control is refusing uh, has thus far i'll just Mm -hmm. put it that way refused to release the data about the booster shot the booster shots effectiveness or lack thereof or negative side effects on people from 18 to 49 years old. 
And that's what's at question here. So Senator Rubio and others are saying, what are you hiding? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. uh, And the CDC is saying right now that the information is not ready for prime time. That's how their spokesperson put it. Is that right? Well, I'm paraphrasing it. It's, it's well, not, I think they it's did say that. Well, one of their spokespeople did did say. That. Let me see that article. I do know. I do know that that's the way uh, Fox and Friends characterized yeah. it today in their discussion with Rubio. So I don't know if if this uh, spotlight that's on the CDC now will cause them to uh, uh, release the, that information or not. Listen, I'm just going to talk anecdotally. Can you talk in that way? Sure. It's a language. <laughs> um, you know, I learned when I was yes. in third grade. It's similar to Italian, so you do have to make yes. the little, you know, the hand gestures. It's anecdotes. Yes. Uh, I think it's how it's pronounced. No, uh, what am I trying to say? Uh, I'm just talking about my uh, what I hear and see and talk to people, read. And I think most people listening to me know this to be true. And I'm not dissing the vaccine shots all together like some people I know, and I'm not looking at anybody in this room in particular. Uh, and I've said before, listen, if I were 75 years old and I had severe diabetes, I would be getting the shot. I'd be getting the vaccine shot because I'd be making a calculated, uh, get, you know, a, a, what am I trying to say? A, um, informed risk reward yeah okay risk reward Mm -hmm. but here's what i'm saying there are a lot more negative side effects to the vaccine shots and the boosters than you than the cdc is willing to admit Mm -hmm. yes all right because everybody listening to me right now knows about this now some of it's minor like bell's palsy people get that for 24 or 48 hours now millions of people don't have any side effects. I'm not saying that, but when 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 you when you refuse to tell us about the negative side effects, then it makes you makes people question whether there's more to hide than you're letting on to. Yes, and people have to have confidence and trust in the CDC, and a lot of people have lost that, and I think that's what Rubio was talking about there. Yeah, I think I think they've earned the mistrust. So uh, be, because of all the things we've talked about for the last two, well, now we're talking about two years. Mm-hmm. And they have earned the mistrust. I think that's what Senator Rubio is saying, that they have done damage oh, yeah. to their own credibility and the credibility of the medical and scientific communities. The vast majority of these people love what they do and they are – they, they have a thirst for knowledge. They want to solve problems. These aren't bad people, but when it's politicized, like it has been, okay, then you get people suspicious of the whole shooting match. Here's a, a spokeswoman for the CDC said they were concerned that the data would be misinterpreted, pointing out that it was incomplete and not verified. There's a new name for the CDC. It's the CDIC. Centers for Disease Information Control. (laughs) That's that's where we're going with this. Back about a month or so ago, and I've mentioned this before, Dr. Ben Carson, he said, when the history is written of this period, one of the big things that has been missing is paying attention to natural immunity. Everything has been about the jabs. 
Right. Everything has been about the boosters. <clears throat> you know, that our, 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 our society, our country is going to disappear well, unless you get the jab. And, and to ensure that, we're going to fire everybody who refuses our orders. That's no longer necessary. You can, it's you not. Can, you can know, you, if you could have ever argued for that in the first place, and I don't agree with that argument, it's no longer necessary. The Omicron variant, even Bill Gates yesterday, you know, that master scientist <laughs> who, uh, huh? Yeah. who's an authority. Uh, well, he, he does get quoted a lot. Uh, on issues of pandemic and public health and, and vaccines and so forth and so Overpopulation, all yeah. that kind of stuff. Bill Gates, even he said yesterday that the Omicron variant had, uh, worked much faster than the vaccine shots mm-hmm. to give people natural immunity and herd immunity. Now, uh, listen, I don't know what's going to come along in the near future or down the road. There'll be something coming along down the road somewhere, but at least for now, pandemic's over. Maybe a new pandemic will arise. Uh, that's what Marco Rubio was saying potentially could happen. Yeah. But the pandemic's over, and everybody knows it. it, it so that's the reason that, uh, you know, people are going back to normal. And for the most people, now you still see people with their car, in their car with their mask on, you know, occasionally. But... Um, this is the reason, like liberals, mayors aren't wearing face masks. They're caught with face mask off, uh, out even though they got face mask mandates. Uh, mandates right. It's because they know that the face mask don't stop the spread of the uh, COVID, mm-hmm. and and so they. Did you see where the New Orleans mayor got yeah. caught yes. Yes. celebrating Mardi Gras? She's the New Orleans mayor. I forgot her name. She's got this mask mandate for Mardi Gras down there in New Orleans. Well, she was at a karaoke bar <laughs> singing her heart out. Yeah. And she her and her, her her and her friends. Democrat, of course. It's always a Democrat, isn't it? Yeah. Uh, who wants the mask mandates, but then they don't want to follow them. Mm-hmm. They want the mask mandates for the little people. Latoya Cantrell. Yeah, Latoya, uh, Mayor Cantrell. Yeah. I don't know if she can sing or not. I didn't click on the video. <laughs> I just saw the pictures. It was a rousing rendition of when the hypocrites go marching in. <laughs> it was the greatest thing you've never heard. That's a good one, Chris. Yeah. That's a good one. So, I, I, go ahead. I, I was going to say, I, I'm surprised at you, uh, Fred, when you read from the spokes, the CDC spokesperson. Mm-hmm. I'm surprised that they would say that they that the information they have the, uh, is incomplete. At this point. At this point. I mean, two years what have in. they been doing for two years? Why haven't they been collecting information and stats? They should have entire departments yeah. that have been collating this information. I mean, it's one thing to say we don't have it in a presentable public form, you know, uh, our report with, mm-hmm. you know, with the nice binder, you know, mm-hmm. uh, but to say we, we don't have all the information together, that's that's stunning. Well, and see, if the history books are written, I think the chapter needs to be called Discombobulated because uh, the Trump administration – Many people voted against Trump because they didn't like how he was handling the coronavirus. Joe Biden went at that very hard. He attacked him all the time in all the debates. Whenever Joe Biden went to one of his campaign rally with dozens of people, um, <laughs> uh, he talked about how he had a plan. OK, it's clear that this administration is not together. Uh, Fauci says something. Walensky says something different. She's wearing two masks. He's not wearing a mask. Then you've got all these other people saying and doing all these things that are not cohesive. Yeah. i tell you another problem that Biden's about to face, Biden and Harris and, 
and the CDC is, and I've mentioned this before, uh, but uh, are they going to continue to push the vaccine shots now that the pandemic's over? I think so. Pfizer said they were coming out with an Omicron shot a few weeks ago, even though a lot of people don't need it. Well, that's what I'm saying. Do you do you keep up the the push for shots to, when a, when when the, when there's not a virus to just well? To, to, we talked about we this had, yesterday. We had the Project Veritas video. Oh yeah, just last week, uh, where the FDA guy was caught on tape saying, "Yeah, there's a fourth booster coming." Uh, yep. Mandatory. Mm-hmm. Man, that's what he because said. I think that that's what we said yesterday that uh, that th- if this thing cycles through every winter, where you get the flu and you get Omicron or you get you know COVID whatever, then they'll push they'll push the vaccines like they do flu shots. Yeah. Okay, so they're going to read uh, fully vaxxed. You hear that expression? I'm fully. They're fully vaxxed. That's going to require boosters every six months or so. Yeah, no, I, are I don't, gonna, I don't are, know. Are, are, are millions of Americans going to re-up for a booster shot when a virus so. isn't threatening? No, no, they're not. They'll, they'll, but they'll be, they'll be uh, exhorted to get mm-hmm. to get a booster shot or to get vaccinated like they do a flu shot. You can't walk into Walmart right now without them saying, "Hey, we got flu shots here," and. Right. You know, and uh, we went, my wife and I went to Sam's the other day and bless her heart. There was a lady at the front and she, she had masks. She said, would you like a mask? And I said, no, she said, they're free. I said, no, thank you. She said, they're free. (laughs) And I said, no, no, thank you. There's no such thing as a free mask. (laughs) But, but okay. Well, then, then Biden at some point is going to have to say uh, mandates, uh, Vaccine mandates are a thing of the past. I'm, I'm ending any kind of call for those in any way among the American public. His approval numbers would go through the roof if he did. Not with the left. Not not with the left, but with people on the right that don't like him. Yeah, but I'm just saying with middle America, blue, red, whatever, the, except for the activists, the, the even Democrats are tired of all this and want to get back to living normally. But I'm saying to you, you have to have a threat to have to – to, to make people put something into their bloodstream. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Well, That's, the, th- the threat is what, I mean, I, 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 who knows, but I, I'm saying what the threat will, what they'll say is we want to prevent more variants. It's flu and COVID season. We're recommending that you get well, both shots. Fine. I don't yeah. care. That's fine. Recommend it all day long. Yeah. Uh, I don't have a problem with that. Yeah. It's mandating it. Oh, yeah. Right. That's the problem. Of course, Biden's already been shot down by the Supreme Court as he tried to put a lot of people out of work. In the OSHA rule, Crosby. specifically. Yeah. Yes, sir. Yeah. So uh, I'm just going to say, I just wonder if they're going to continue on with this charade of, of mandating shots for a virus that's that's over. Mm-hmm. Right. Uh, we'll, we'll, we'll have to see whether that happens or not. And we've had breakthrough case number Two million four hundred seventy-five. <laughs> the breakthroughs. Just, huh? the, break- the infamous breakthrough cases. The break- you know what's? I, I mentioned uh, Israel yesterday. Israel, because uh, we we've been trying to take our twenty twenty group to Israel, and Israel just now reopened to everybody. And they said, doesn't matter your vaccine status, unvaccinated, vaccinated, everybody's welcome here. Talking about to uh, Israel to tour Israel because Omicron ran through their country. Mm-hmm. 
they're the most backed country in the world. Israel is. And Omicron ran through their country. And, it, and Omicron didn't, the Omicron variant of COVID didn't care whether you were vaxxed or not. It right. just went through. And actually, that turned out to be, now nobody wants anybody to be sick, but I'm just speaking from a 30,000-foot view. That was a blessing in disguise, that Omicron, probably to the world, quite frankly, overall, mm -hmm. for the health of the world, is to get the Omicron, like Bill Gates said, it spread faster than the vaccine could help. And now a lot of people have natural immunity, have antibodies. Uh, almost everybody I know got the Omicron variant. Yeah. Uh, if if they didn't, whether have, they know it or not, whether right. they yeah, know, no, I, whether they know it or not, no, right. it, it, it yeah. got it got everybody. Mm -hmm. So uh, that's a good thing mm -hmm. for the overall health uh, and stopping the virus is what I'm saying. Yeah. You're listening to today's issues on AFR. Chris, you got any? What do you got? left here on your plate we got two minutes maybe well let's do this because you mentioned the uh, the masks and we were talking about how pro mask people are caught all the time not wearing a mask um i've got a bit of audio here from a virginia mom her name is alicia vaught and she recently confronted a school board member in her area uh that was photographed not wearing a mask but this same school board member expects kids to wear masks. we don't have time for that chris okay Let's well, I was counting on you for a story that would uh, maybe just sing a song time. or something. Uh, no, hey, listen, you know, uh, thank thank you for bringing that story yes. up. Can people? Where can people see this? Well, uh, she was on Fox and Friends today, so if you go to Fox and Friends, um, you can find that interview. Uh, they also aired a clip of that in Senator Marco Rubio's interview on Fox and Friends. We'll be airing that audio again later today oh, on AFN. Okay, maybe you can bring it tomorrow. Yes. I'm seeing it on the Fox News website mm -hmm. right now. What he's talking about, what Chris is talking about, which we don't have time to air, which I'm trying to get through before the music goes away, <laughs> is a, a classic uh, commentary by a mom at a school board meeting in Montgomery County, Virginia. I think it's Virginia. Mm -hmm. It is. Uh, where it's she, always Virginia where she's now. Where she's challenging uh, the uh, school board lady, the chairman, who's for mask, and saying, hey, you don't wear a mask. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's right. Uh, so this... That happens over and, and over And then she and took her again. ball and went home. Yes, uh, she did. We member. shall return momentarily with more of today's issues. Stay with us. The views and opinions expressed in this broadcast may not necessarily reflect those of the American Family Association or American Family Radio.